What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Sadiq. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. We're going to go over a bunch of news. There's so much news to go over. From the Jamar Chase injury to the Kadarius Tony trade, we're going to go over wide receiver rankings. We're going to go over tight end rankings for week eight. We got to go over the Thursday, the, the Thursday night football game. There's a lot to go over this week, Zach. And there's a bunch of injuries going into week eight as well. So sit tight. This is a uh, an information-packed episode. Okay? Sit tight. Grab a coffee. It's Friday. Grab a beer if you need to. We're almost there. Let's get yeah. right to it, dude. Hi, first of all, Zach, how you doing, man? You doing good? Ready for the weekend? Yeah, I'm 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 so ready. You know, it was a long week. <laughs> it was a really long week. But um Lamar did me some favors last night. I had him in a few leagues. He did he did pretty well. Um overall fantasy output for that game was good. It was a quality game. You know, two games in a row on Thursday night. That that's a that's a good streak to be on. I'm not sure if we're gonna be able to keep it up next week because we got Eagles Texans next week. It's probably gonna be a blowout. But these last two games have been pretty good. Probably. Um didn't do so well on my higher lowers on underdog last night, right? The Mark Andrews injury didn't help. Uh, yeah. My Tom Brady once came through. He didn't throw a pick. He threw more than the attempts mm-hmm. I thought he was going to throw. Uh, Kate Otten, I had him at over 29.5 receiving yards. You know what his route percentage was yesterday? 92%. He ran around 92% of Tom Brady's routes. That's amazing. If you told me that, I'd be like, hell yeah, he's going over 29 receiving yards. Nine times out of 10. He's going to go over that receiving prop right there. <laughs> was that and the case? Same, same thing with Chris Godwin. You know what I'm saying? You, <laughs> oh, man. Whatever. Um, so many injuries in this game, dude. Rashad Bateman apparently yeah. tweaked his foot injury. So who knows if that affects his status going into week nine. Uh, Mark Andrews came into the game with a knee injury, left the game with a shoulder injury. Um, the Ravens have a bye after next week. Okay, so keep that in mind. That might affect their decision-making when it comes to both Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman. Isaiah likely came in and he balled out six catches, 77 yards and a touchdown. The dude is really, really good. And I pick him up this week in case Andrews is out the following week. Remember bye week, the following week after week nine, week 10, they have a bye week. It's possible that it's going to be the Isaiah likely show uh, in week nine. So just keep that in mind. He did his thing. The dude is good. Really good. And every time yeah. he's had opportunity, he's done his thing. Yeah, it, it seems like Isaiah Likely, you know, he, he's a handcuff, which is weird to think about. You know, a handcuff at the tight end position, it doesn't really make sense. Um, but but I think that we saw what he was capable of. Obviously, I think we were a little bit higher on him than before he was even drafted, you know, with the rookie draft kit. Because of his athletic profile, he showed it last night. He looked really good in the stead of Mark Andrews. Even if Mark Andrews is down, I think that, you know, this offense will be able to stay afloat regardless of who is at tight end because Isaiah likely is that talented. Um, if Mark Andrews doesn't play, it looks like likely likely going to be a very nice asset for you. And, you know, at a tight end position that has zero depth whatsoever, you know, he, he, he could actually return some value, I think, if Mark Andrews would miss some time. He might jump right into the top 10. I can see it. I mean, I would probably rank – if Mark Andrews is out next week, I would rank – likely probably as a top four or five tight end to be honest with you like he's he's top that ten might be conservative yeah 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 I, I, honestly like because there's nothing there right <laughs> like he, he's probably gonna yeah he, i wouldn't be surprised if he's the overall tight end one on the week you know after it's all said and done um that's true. if andrews does miss 
Gus Edwards also left the game with a hamstring injury, so that's not good. I would assume he won't be the guy next week, uh, even with the extra time to rest. Again, you know, they have that bye after next week, so they might end up resting him. Kenyon Drake is likely next up. This time, I'm okay adding Kenyon Drake because, you know, it's it's attrition. It's a war of attrition at this point, right? Like, no J.K. Yeah. Dobbins, potentially no Gus Edwards. So it's going to be between Kenyon Drake and Justice Hill, right? So pick him up on waivers this upcoming week. I'll take Leonard, Kenyon Drake in a battle between him and Justin Hill. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Uh, Leonard Fournette's day got saved with a touchdown. Uh, he saw 12 opportunities to Rashad White, seven opportunities. Rashad White continues to look good, but he didn't see as many snaps as he did last week in terms of like snap share between these two guys. Uh, but just expect these snaps and opportunities to go up and down as the season goes on. And it's going to be really hard to predict um, you know what what these snap shares look like, what these target, what these uh, opportunity distributions look like moving forward. It's going to be tough to gauge as of right now. Yeah, I, I think so. But for me, I'm anticipating. You know, it might be tough to gauge exactly how it's going to, um, you know, shake out at the end of the day. But I think Leonard Fournette is still going to end up, you know, with the majority of the carries, and Rashad White's going to uh, touch or opportunities, I should say, and Rashad White's going to end up with you know less or i think last night was a lot of opportunities for him um by his own standards so far this season i i don't think that it's going to be anything that rashad white's going to be challenging leonard Fournette. I, I don't see that so if i'm a leonard Fournette manager i'm not worried about it i'm not thinking that it's going to be a big issue obviously you want to see him touch the ball a little bit more in 12 times um that touchdown you know the bucks offense looked really good that first drive and then after that they just sputtered you know i think that kind of has to do with leonard Fournette underproducing. but overall i, I don't have anything to worry about I don't think there's anything to worry about with Leonard Fournette, even though Rashad White, you know, he has looked good. I'm not worried about him biting too much into Leonard Fournette's share of the pie. Who has looked better? Who looked better to you last night between those two guys? I don't, I don't want to play the game. So this is, this is the one thing. <laughs> I can see you put me, put me in the corner. Rashad White is younger, and he's getting touches through the air more than touches on the ground. Leonard Fournette is doing the dirty work. So, yes, it's easy to look flashy when Leonard Fournette's doing the dirty work. For a fantasy perspective, if I want to say – if you're talking about eye tests, the way they look when they have the ball in their hands, you know I'd say Rashad White. But usage, uh, Leonard Fournette, 100% all the way. I hear that. Now, you know, it it stinks because Leonard Fournette only got three touches the last two, less than 10 carries each of the last two weeks. It's something to be concerned about, I think. I think it's like this is not what you want from your RB1, right? Like this is a guy that we've been ranking in the top 10. Well, we didn't rank him in the top 10 this week, or did we? I don't even remember if we did or not. You know, we did because it was supposed to be a really, really good matchup. And it was a really, really good matchup. Yeah. He just didn't take advantage of it. So if he can't come through in a matchup like this, when is he going to come through? He's going to come through when he is given some hyper production. When he's, I'm sorry, when he's given a ton of touches. Like when he's given a ton yeah. of opportunity. Like we need the, to see it. We, we need to see it, you know, yeah, at the, some point. There's Faraz's tip of the day. You know, fantasy players will produce when they hyper produce. <laughs> all he needs is some hyper production that's all in you order need to put up some numbers just just one good drive <laughs> that's all you need <laughs> all right let's get into some news uh adam schefter reported that jamar chase could be sidelined for four to six weeks and can potentially go on short-term ir he's going to seek even more answers around this injury soon and hoping that he comes back with some good news or news that isn't worse than it already is uh but in the meantime T. Higgins is a wide receiver one going forward. Tyler Boyd is a top 24 wide receiver, uh, 
He's a top 24 wide receiver moving forward. I'm starting Boyd this week, yeah. but I am tempering expectations because the Browns have been the best team in the league defending slot receivers this year. I think that's fair, but I think ultimately both of these receivers are going to be good fantasy receivers. T. Higgins, you know, we said that if he's on a majority of other teams, on a majority of other teams, he's a wide receiver one. You know, he's just buried behind Jamar Chase. Now Jamar Chase is out of the way. T. Higgins is going to be clear wide receiver one moving forward. I think that he's going to have really nice upside for anybody that has him, especially after underproducing his past two weeks. You know, he hasn't really shown up, so I think he's going to finally, you know, be able to produce for those managers that have him. And then Tyler Boyd, you know, he had that great week last week, and we were saying to sell him. Now maybe, you know, we might have missed it a little bit. We, we might have missed the mark a little bit on it because Tyler Boyd's value is now, you know, through the roof because he's wide receiver two with Joe Burrow playing out of his mind. I think that's, you know, definitely worth mentioning. I, I think that both of these receivers are good. I think both of them as top 24 every week is a pretty safe bet. Yeah, I, I think so too. Now, if you have Jamar Chase and you need to win now, try your best to trade him to a team who is six and one, five and two. Do what you got to do. Right, even if you get shafted on the trade, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be fair. Okay, just get guys who you can who can just get guys who can help you win right now. Don't worry about what Chase will do for that dude you traded him to. You know when he comes back, you have to worry about your own team. You have your own team to worry about. Just just get those wins right now. And if you need wins, do not let Jamar Chase just sit on your bench. Right. Um, another piece of news here. Kadarius Tony was traded to the Chiefs for a conditional third round and sixth round pick. Uh, that's a considerable package for Tony right there. Apparently, he's healthy. They have a bye this week, and he's going to be good to go after the bye. He he pulled uh, Kevin Nash in the wheelchair with the fake cast, apparently, and it seems like it's true in this scenario. So, you know, he, he, here's the thing. Kadarius Tony instantly becomes in line to compete for the highest target share among wide receivers on the Chiefs. on the Chiefs, There is no wide receiver on the Chiefs that has higher than 18% target share this year. Juju has 18% on the year. MVS has 15% on the year. And he is a wide receiver who has been commanding targets when he's on the field. Um, he was 12th among all wide receivers last year as a rookie in yards per route run. And the fact that he crossed the two yards per route run threshold is a big indicator of future success. And we've talked about that at length this preseason. And once he saw playing time last, he was being targeted at a higher rate per route than any other wide receiver in the league. And what is the yeah. hardest thing to do as a wide receiver in this league? It's to earn targets. And when a wide receiver's earn targets, you got to pay attention. Regardless if there's no one behind him, it's a very hard thing to do. And then I haven't even mentioned his yards after the catch ability, right? So like yeah. you kind of put that all together and you combine him with Andy Reid, this is a dangerous situation right now. Yeah, and with Kadarius Tony, you look at the Chiefs' offense, you know, I would be a little bit less excited about Kadarius Tony if someone like Juju or, you know, MVS has established themselves at this point as, like, a clear number one. Obviously, Juju's come on the past two weeks, but nobody is really, you know, be taking that wide receiver one spot, that sole wide receiver one spot on this Chiefs' offense just yet. And with Patrick Mahomes at, the quarter, at quarterback, you know, that is going to be – you know, huge if somebody can do that. I think Kadarius Tony can do that. You know, we just talked about his ability to, what's called, demand targets, that kind of thing. I think that if he could step in and have him like build a role for himself, a niche in this offense, he's going to be just fine. I think he might have really good days ahead of him. Obviously, we were excited about him on the Giants, you know, because there wasn't much competition. But now it seems like that wide receiver room's got a little bit crowded. 
and they shipped him out to Kansas City. I think it's a crowded wide receiver room, but he might be the most talented uh, receiver there right now. Yeah, I I, I think you're right. And Outside these of are all Kelsey, reasons. He's a, he's a tight end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And these are all reasons I was high yeah. on drafting him this offseason at his price, you know, and now he's in the Chiefs. And I think as long as he stays healthy, he has a chance of surpassing these guys in target share. Yeah. Um, now, this is also good news for Wandel Robinson rest of season. He's the clear number one guy there right now moving forward. Um, he should be at least a low-end PPR wide receiver three at the very least. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I, I like Wando Robinson. I like his ability. You know, it looks like he he's almost like a smaller version of Kadarius Tony, just the way the speed that he plays the twitch, you know? So that's kind of what he reminds me of. But I, I think that, you know, he's going to be a nice, safe option in the passing game, even though Daniel Jones, he's not a great passer. He's a game manager with legs. That's about it. But I, I think that if anybody's going to get done through the air in New York, it's going to be Wandale. Zach is officially the Leonard Fournette truther and the and the Daniel Jones hater. I'm a Daniel officially. Jones truther. That's what I am. <laughs> the truth <laughs> is that he can't play. That's what I think. I love that. I love that. That's great. Um, all right. Let's get into some more news here. Uh, Debo Samuel so far this week has not practiced. My guess is that he's going to be out. Uh, let's see if he gets any practice time today on Friday. If he's out, upgrade all the other receivers, including Christian McCaffrey. Um, I don't think Jalen Ramsey ends up shadowing Brandon Ayuk, just not what he really does. So I wouldn't be too, you know, thrown off by that. I would have Ayuk in my lineup as like a solid wide receiver too this week. Yeah, I, I like Brandon Ayuk. He actually has shown me a little bit that he, you know, he can handle a higher target share and get it done through the air. I wasn't, you know, too turned on to that idea. I wasn't sure how good this 49ers offense was going to be, obviously with Trey Lance and then Jimmy Garoppolo coming in. But he's looked good the past two weeks. I think you could trust him, you know, to produce this week. All right. Metcalf uh, also will probably won't play this week, you know, so expect Lockett to be the focal point of that passing attack, who, by the way, got a full practice in on Thursday. And if you want to throw in Marquise Goodwin, if you're desperate, sure. Uh, but I think Lockett, you know, we'll talk about it because we, we're talking about wide receivers today and why I like his matchup uh, more than more than most this week against the Giants. Now, I we just got an alert here that Zeke did practice. Is that right? Did he practice today? I think we did. I'm looking at I'm looking that up right now. If he did, that did would be practice? some. He's he's not he, apparently he's not expected to play, um, but he did practice on Friday, or he is going to practice on Friday, something like that. I have to check. I think I saw some sort of alert that came through saying that you know he was actually had a shot to play. I think the report was. Zeke has a chance to play this week against the Bears. It was the wording of the report that I saw. He's doing better than anticipated, but he might not play. That's the report I'm seeing right now. And I would assume he doesn't play. Now, either yeah. way, you know, I would say that they, they're probably going to do their best to sit him. Like, he probably wants to play. He's probably going to do what he can to play. But my guess is that they're going to try to sit him. They're going to have him rest through the bye. So, you know, that's what I would assume. Either way, I'm playing Tony Pollard. <laughs> um so and, and they have that bike coming up as well so like you might be able to have tony pollard as an rb1 this week you might be able to have tony pollard as as an rb1 coming out of the bye as well if z continues to be out we'll see how that how that knee is treating him coming out the bye um Devontae adams has the flu looks like he someone didn't get their flu shot uh, a bad yeah. one apparently and 
he might have to get this flu game, Michael Jordan flu game going because Marshawn Lattimore is probably out this week and he hasn't practiced yet with an abdomen injury. So Devontae Adams is expected to play. So, you know, just, but I would just have a backup option just in case that flu gets bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, Alan Lazard, he said himself that he probably won't play this weekend due to a shoulder injury. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was talking smack, serious smack about Romeo Dubs on the Pat McAfee show, talking about limiting his reps out there. He didn't mention Dubs by name, but who the hell else was he talking about? He was talking about Romeo Dubs, um, who, you know, Aaron Rodgers like threw a skip pass at him, like it hit the floor first, and then he's blaming Romeo Dubs for that, and there's been other things that he's blaming him for, uh, but Dubs didn't have one catch in that game last week. Christian Watson has been limited in practice this week. Who knows if he'll end up playing? But he's worth a prospective add in case he does end up playing because he's going to get some opportunity out of the gate here, it seems like. Randall Cobb's out, Romeo Dubs not doing his thing, and Sammy Watkins, you know, who knows you know, where he stands in the pecking order at this point. Um, but, you know, Dubs can also go out and have a big game this week, potentially. You never know. Like, he's definitely tough to trust right now. You know, with Lazard out, normally, if Aaron Rodgers wasn't talking shit, you would probably think that, all right, well, Dubs is going to go out and do something this week, right? And it's possible he still does. He might he might correct it, but he's just really hard to trust. Yeah, I, I'm not trusting any Packers receivers, you know, at this point in time because just the offense overall in Green Bay looks terrible. Aaron Rodgers seems to only be comfortable now where he was – he used to be comfortable throwing to Romeo Dubs. Obviously, he was like, all right, maybe you trust him a little bit as a receiver. Now he's only comfortable throwing to Aaron Jones. At least that's what it looked like last week because he threw both of his touchdowns to Aaron Jones. There weren't, you know, easy passes. It seems like Aaron Jones could get force fed at this point. Aaron Aaron Rodgers isn't happy with his receiving core right now. I, I wouldn't be starting any of these guys with expectations of anything, um, you know, fantasy relevant. They're flex plays for me. Every Packers receiver right now, um, you know, and maybe a wide receiver three in a pinch if you have that many slots on your roster. I, I would say Romeo Dubs is like a flex play at best, upside flex play, and then Christian Watson, you shouldn't, you shouldn't put him in your lineup, even if he yeah. starts. Um, now, Chuba Hubbard has been ruled out, so Don- Deontay Foreman becomes a, a low-end RB2. Just remember, they're on a bad offense. They have the lowest implied or one of the lowest implied totals for the week this week, so don't expect a whole lot. However, he's still a good play. I would say you know he might see a role on all three downs. Maybe he's not an every-down guy, but he's going to see a role on, on all three downs, and um, he he's looks solid. So far this year, he's looked solid last year as well. So, you know, he could have a good game. I, I think if you have him, you need running back help. And Chuba, Chuba's out. You picked him up on waivers. Deontay's a good a good bet to be solid for you this week. It doesn't look like um, – now, it doesn't look like Russell Wilson – so Russell Wilson looks like he will be good to go this week, which is good, which is good news for them, I think. Is that good news? I don't know if that's Is good it news good news? Not. We don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think Cortland Sutton gets a bit of an upgrade with him back because, you know, over the first like five weeks of the season, he's got it done with Russell Wilson. So I would assume that that's a good thing for him. You know, the Jaguars perimeter defense isn't, you know, amazing. You know, they've held it down for the most part, but I don't think this is a matchup issue for Cortland Sutton. I think he'll be fine this week. Mac Jones is going to be the quarterback for the Patriots. This week, according to Bill Belichick, he said he will be the quarterback, and I think that means that he will be the only quarterback playing in this game. That's the hope. Yeah. <laughs> um, a, a few guys who might be traded before Tuesday's trade trade deadline, just want to mention a few of these guys before we get into the rankings. Uh, Jerry Judy, right? The Giants are interested, according to reports. You know, they badly needed a wide receiver. Um, he instantly becomes their best wide receiver, I think. 
uh, I think that situation would be considered an upgrade for Jerry Judy, you know, if he's like the primary target on that offense. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I think so. You know, the way that he's being used right now in Denver's offense is not fantasy conducive. Obviously, he's had a couple, you know, splash games, but outside of that, nothing to really, you know, write home about with Jerry Judy. I think that Cortland Sutton's the guy there in Denver right now. And with Greg Dulcich coming on, you know, it looks like he's going to be pretty good in this offense, especially with Russell Wilson. He's been targeting tight ends a lot. You know, Jerry Judy just feels like he's not home in the offense. You know, they did spend a first-round pick to get him. They're not using him like a first-round pick. I think that he'd be better off, you know, maybe if he goes. Like you said, the Giants are one of the potential suitors. We just talked about Wondell Robinson. That would lower my um, opinion of his value. But I think that Jerry Judy, if he does move, his value can only go up because right now it's boom or bust every week. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Alvin Kamara... As well, apparently the Eagles are interested in trading for Kamara. Kamara even posted the Michael Jackson uh, popcorn meme, in, you know, in the movie theater, right, on Twitter. Yeah. So maybe that would indicate that he would welcome a move to go from a losing team to an undefeated one. Um, that would, would that would kind of be better for Kamara. Like, I think it would be like a CMC type of situation where the touches and opportunities might go down just a bit, but the efficiency goes up. Right. And Miles yeah. Sanders would obviously take a big hit if that were to happen. I feel like if they bring in Kamara, they should probably trade Sanders like in that same deal back to New Orleans. Right. I think that, you know, you talk about maybe it being Christian McCaffrey situation. I think that kind of sums it up perfectly. I don't think this would be a necessary addition to the Eagles roster. It would be, you know, splashy. Obviously, it'd be like, okay, the Eagles are all in. We know that this offense is just going to be ridiculous now, but there's already AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard and Jalen Hurts is fancy. He's a fantasy producer on his own, you know. And then you have Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell getting it done. I, I don't think there's too much room for Alvin Kamara to, to improve. I think I'd view him very similarly to where he's at right now um, in the Saints' backfield because yeah. the Saints' offense hasn't been that good for Kamara so far. Uh, Brandon Cooks as well. Uh, I think his value, no matter where he lands, will go up. Um, the quarterback situation has been extremely rough for him this year. Um, yeah. Davis Mills, somebody that we thought maybe could take a step forward this year, has taken a step backwards. So he's not the answer. Um, and, you know, if he lands on the Packers, great. But the Packers are apparently trying to get A.J. Green. So who knows what will happen there. A.J. Um, Green. Did, did you hear about that? No, I didn't did hear about that, but that's yeah, disgusting that's, anyway. Yeah, it is. <laughs> apparently Aaron Rodgers has been wanting to play with A.J. Green. You know, to each his own. <laughs> <laughs> to each his own. You know, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't pick Edge yes. Green. You know, pick of the litter. I'd go for a higher profile target. Like yeah. maybe we could go get DJ, Derek Judy, a DJ Moore, a Brandon Cooks. You know, that'd be nice. Uh, Kareem Hunt. He can be a fantasy RB one on a few teams if he gets moved. Fourth mm-hmm. round pick apparently is all it's going to take. So that would work. That would work. I saw. I thought I saw a report somewhere that actually linked him. To the Rams, I was like, "Oh, this this predict prediction could happen." You know, maybe he'll go to the Rams. I was like, "That would be perfect for him." I think because right now there's nobody in the Rams backfield. I know Daryl Henderson's been all right, but Kareem Hunt would easily get the touches that he needs to go back to that. I think even elite RB one status. You know that we saw when he was with the Chiefs. Antonio Gibson apparently is interested. Uh, teams are interested in Antonio Gibson. We talked about him potentially being moved. The Bills that would be a great option for him. I think, you know, the Bills could grab Kareem Hunt, but I feel like Kareem Hunt has been available for a while and the Bills just haven't been interested. But I think Antonio Gibson could be an interesting one moving forward. Yeah. But, you know, we'll see. Were there any other names that I missed that were potentially, you know, on the on the 
trade block? Not I that so. I really, you know, can think of off the top of my head, but with Antonio Gibson, right. I, you know, yeah. you talk about him maybe going to the Bills. I think that would just be more of the same in the Bills' backfield. I think they have a lot of jack-of-all-trades, but masters of none there. That's what kind of what Devin Singletary is. He's all right. And I think Antonio Gibson is all right. I think it would just make it a little bit more of a mess. You know, Devin Singletary. It would only hurt Devin Singletary. It wouldn't provide Antonio Gibson any boost, I don't think. I think Antonio Gibson would be easily the best running back in that backfield. I don't think Devin Singletary is that good, man. And I think Antonio Gibson is a good running back, just being severely underutilized on that offense. He's a really, really good pass catcher. Um, And I feel like since they're not going to give, you know, James Cook that work in the passing game, maybe because he's not as good of an all-around back, um, you know, Antonio Gibson probably has is more skilled in that department, just being better all around, but being a better pass catcher than Devin Singletary. That's fair. Maybe I'm being a little too harsh because we've only seen Antonio Gibson on the commanders and football (laughs) team. You know, so, that's, that's, so, that's literally it has to be it man i don't perhaps know I, I, I would love to see harshly. him in a new new uh, a new spot just because i i i don't like i don't think Antonio gibbs is like one of the best running backs in the league i just think he's just way better than how they've been using him that's all you know yeah all right. I, I i guess that's true i'll give you that maybe thanks maybe, man like i said maybe i was too harsh but we'll see i appreciate it man all right let's get into the wide receiver rankings we got cooper cup here number one believe it or not uh, no. And by the way, the last time he played the 49ers, he caught 14 balls on 19 targets for 122 yards. So he's going to be just fine this week. He's followed by Justin Jefferson against Arizona, Tyreek Hill against Detroit in an amazing matchup against the Lions, Stefan Diggs against Green Bay, uh, which which maybe you can be worried about Jerry Alexander, but you shouldn't be. Um, you no. know, Justin Jefferson went nine for 184 and two touchdowns on them. Tyreek McLaurin just last week went five for 73 and one against Jerry Alexander last week. So, you know, it's kind of crazy how this Green Bay secondary hasn't been tested this entire year. Like just looking at like the teams that they played. Um, so I wouldn't be worried about it at all for Stefan Diggs. Yeah. Um, Amara St. Brown at five against Miami. He's expected to clear the concussion protocol in time. Kind of surprised he hasn't cleared as of yet. So I am confused a little bit. Yeah. But he should be cleared. Yeah. Considering he didn't have a concussion. You know, what's he doing he in the didn't concussion have protocol? Concussion. It's like, yeah. I don't know what that's about. I, I think he plays this week. I wouldn't, you know, worry about it until it comes out and says that, you know, Amon Ron St. Brown isn't playing. I'm assuming he's playing. I would assume so, too. I would assume so, too. That's the hope. Um, Jalen Waddle at six, again, in a great matchup. Devonta Adams at seven against New Orleans. Like we mentioned about him, he has the flu, and, you know, hopefully he he plays. He is, he is expected to go. Just have another option ready just in case. DeAndre Hopkins at number eight this week. I normally wouldn't be ranking him this high. But he has a really good matchup, and he's coming off oh, yeah. a 50% target share game. Uh, 80% of his routes last week either came out of the slot or the left perimeter. And at the, at these two specific spots, the Vikings are giving up the fifth most fantasy points and the second most fantasy points, respectively. Patrick Peterson, Patrick Peterson this year has actually been pretty solid, and but he hasn't shadowed all year, and he has been stuck on that offense's on the offense's right perimeter all year long. So I don't expect Hopkins to see much of him this week. Yeah. So I think he can have another blow up game. Yeah, and the way we saw DeAndre Hopkins use last week, you know, that's actually very encouraging considering that he missed the first six games and he missed a lot of football last season too. You know, with the Cardinals, they still want to use him like that. Kyler Murray's happy to you know force feed him the ball and. Did not, DeAndre Hopkins didn't score last week, right? He did so not. he's he produced even without the touchdown. So I think that's going to continue this week. And you say about the matchup with Minnesota, they have just been gashed, you know, by receivers. I, I think that this 
having him at eight, I think that's right where I would pin him to be. But I wouldn't be surprised if he finished a couple spots higher. I don't think he's wide receiver one type overall anymore on the week. And I, I think that's kind of out of his range of outcomes with the amount of talent that's still there in Arizona and the offense that he's in and Cliff Kingsbury. You know, every time we talk about the Cardinals, we got to talk about Cliff Kingsbury. But um, I, I think that top five, you know, he, he, could, he could finish in the top five. Um, just the lower end of top five. Like five? Five or four. That's my that's where I that's where I see the ceiling. You know, well just I, because I, I, yeah, we'll say I, I'm with you on that. I, I don't view Hopkins as like a wide receiver one moving forward, like a top twelve option moving forward. I just think this week in particular, he's gonna be really, really good. I moved T. Higgins up to number eight with the Jamar Chase news. Um solid matchup for him overall this week. Perimeter wide receivers have been able to get it done against the Browns for the most part, but over the last four weeks they have played better. So, yeah. you know, if you're if you're expecting like amazing production out of him this week, I'll temper my expectations just a little bit. Um, but he has the upside. He has the talent to come through in any matchup, especially if he's given the opportunity, which he should this week. Yeah, now with Jamar Chase out, it's T. Higgins show. You know, I, I think like Pretty I much. said, he is on many teams. If he went to a bunch of other teams, he'd be wide receiver one. There's only a couple teams that he wouldn't actually be the wide receiver. Now we're going to be able to see it. I think T. Higgins has a talent. I think he'll capitalize. I don't think there's going to be a situation where fantasy managers are let down unless an injury would happen. I don't think there's any chance. I think that he's one of the safest options this week. I have A.J. Brown at wide receiver 10 overall this week. I have Devontae Smith at wide receiver 16 overall. I really think that these two can take advantage of the Steelers secondary, especially on the perimeter. The Steelers secondary has gotten healthier and has played relatively well over the past two weeks. They held Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell to 4 for 88 and 7 for 72, which for these two, relatively speaking, is holding them in check. Um, the week prior against the Bucks, Mike Evans was held to 4 for 42. But the Bucks have been struggling, right, to really find their offense for the most part lately. The Eagles, on the other hand, I think they're going to have a day against the secondary coming off the bye. Levi Wallace has been picked on by opposing quarterbacks. He's being targeted at a whopping 28% on routes run against them. And he's going to see a lot of Devontae Smith on that right side of the offense. Akella Weatherspoon hasn't been targeted as much as Wallace, but it's still over 20% of routes run against them. But, and he's also vulnerable and given up more than average production against him on the outside. So he's going to mostly see AJ Brown and the, these, both these guys, AJ Brown and Devontae Smith move around quite a bit, but they mostly stick on the perimeter. And from a fantasy perspective, the Steelers have given up the second most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers. So I'm expecting a big day from these two guys. Yeah, I agree. And we saw what Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs were able to do against Steelers defense. You know, the Eagles have very similar one-two receivers. They've been getting it done at a high level against some high-profile defenses, you know, most recently against my Cowboys, you know, before the bye last week. And we've been talking about this for a few weeks now, that we haven't really seen A.J. Brown take over a game. The positive regression, I think, is coming. It's shortly on the horizon, and we should be seeing a lot more of A.J. Brown in the end zone post-bye. And I think that's going to start this week against Pittsburgh. Uh, we have Tyler Lockett here at number 11. Uh, the Seahawks will most likely be without DK Metcalf. Uh, Lockett should get the lion's share of, of targets against the Giants. The Giants are playing the most man coverage out of any team in the NFL right now. And Dwayne McFarland, he tweeted a list of wide receivers with the highest percentage of a step or more of separation. Tyler Lockett was number one on the list at creating a step of separation against single man coverage on 70% of his routes. So he's, he's the best in the league in doing that right now. The dude can ball. Okay, so now the Giants have completely, yeah. you know, been... If you look at where the Giants have been getting up the production and where Tyler Lockett has uh, lined up at, 
they have pretty much shut down the right perimeter this year, the Giants have. And they've been giving up the least amount of fantasy points to that side. That's a Dory Jackson side. But the good thing is that Tyler Lockett, he moves around so much that he should be avoiding it quite a bit. Um, so he he plays on the left. He plays on the slot. So he should be all right in this matchup. So I'm not too worried about it. I think the target distribution is going to be pretty tightly distributed in Tyler Lockett's direction this week. Yeah, no, I think that's, you know, fair to say. We saw Murky's Goodwin kind of, you know, fill in for DK Metcalf admirably last week, but I'm not sure if he's going to be able to retain that type of target share. Um, we know Geno Smith does like throwing the tight ends anyway. You know, they have no offense. They have Will Disley. But Kenneth Walker, you know, he seems to be becoming the engine of the offense, the identity of, of the offense, even with, you know, Tyler Lockett doing his thing. I think Tyler Lockett's good for a touchdown um, this week. Like we said, you know, Geno Smith is just playing so well. The Seahawks offense looks so much better. Um with without DK Metcalf, you know, obviously he demands targets and coverage. But I think, like you said, Tyler Lockett being one of the great separators in the league, you know, I think that he should be able to produce regardless of the matchup. I got CeeDee Lamb here at 12, but I'm making a switch. I'm making a switch. I have CeeDee Lamb at 12. Chris Godwin, I had Chris Godwin at 13. I had Mike Evans at 14. But somebody in the comments today in, on Instagram asked me, hey, who would you rather start this week, CeeDee Lamb or Chris Olave? And I'm like, that's a good question. I kind of like Chris Olave more this week. Uh, yeah, I maybe do. against Las Vegas defense. Yeah, maybe. I think so because with CD Lamb, like, and, and he's already a little bit down for me. Like at twelve, I'm usually ranking him a lot higher. You know, Noah Brown, Noah Brown. Why are you getting a twenty eight percent target share? <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's a little bit banged up right now. But either way, like CD only had twenty four percent target share. That's good. But like, give me thirty. And like, can we take a little bit of targets away from Noah Brown? You know, can we take a little bit of targets away, you know, from his favorite tight end in the world who's who has a banged up knee right now? Um, yeah. I don't want to play any games, Dak. All right. But in this particular matchup, like I see Dallas controlling this game on the ground, you know, not necessarily needing it, needing to force the ball to CeeDee Lamb, you know, with their defense kind of taking care of things as well. We kind of talked about this yesterday. Um, and then the Bears themselves, just they haven't allowed a ton of fantasy points to wide receivers. That's part of the reason but they've allowed the second least fantasy points to wide receivers over the last four weeks. The second least out of the slot where CeeDee Lamb runs a lot of his routes from. Just don't see a ton of upside from CD this week. You know, he's obviously in my lineup, but it's a little bit tough, right? Yeah. Now, I did want to say that, you know, our data analytics partner, Preciser, has the Cowboys at an 88% chance of winning this game. So the game script just might not be there for CD to have a huge game. And I do want to shout out our sponsor for this podcast episode, Preciser. They use data-driven analytics and algorithms to make game predictions to help you make better bets, make better start-sit decisions, and make better DFS lineups. I'll have the link in the description, but you can check them out at Preciser.io slash prediction. And make sure to use the code UPPERHAND to get 30% off the first three months of their pro package, which ends up coming out to only $6.99 a month to get all their data every single week. So they have a free package as well that you can check out if you don't want to commit, but make sure you use the code upper hand when you sign up to get that pro package. Right. But, and you know, going back to that though, like Chris Olave, right? He has a good matchup against the Raiders. You know, you expect him to get the lion's share of targets. Michael Thomas is out. Jarvis Landry's out. Right? Like, who are you going with, dude? Am, am yeah. I right on that? Should I make that change? Yeah, I think you might be able to make that change because now you're looking at a bunch of factors. I think the only thing that would have C.D. Lamb kind of sitting up there is name value because everyone is still hoping that he can, you know, the production can match up with the use 
that Jetty's been getting. And, it, you know, I think it can, but it's going to be a slow. It's going to take a little while yet, I think, before he gets to that point. And with Chris Olave, you mentioned the matchup. I think the game script is much better. It's going to be much better for Chris Olave than CeeDee Lamb. The matchup, you know, the defense are playing against the Raiders have been porous. And with Chris Olave, you know, he's going to benefit probably from Michael Thomas being out, like you said, again, and Jarvis Landry, you know. He's been a go-to guy regardless of who's at quarterback and who's starting at receiver for for the for the Saints. So I, I like Chris Olave. Maybe I might put him over CD Lamb this week. Nice, nice. All right, <laughs> Devontae Smith. We have him at number sixteen, like we mentioned. Uh, Michael Pittman at seventeen against a Washington perimeter that Aaron Rodgers had, you know, should have taken advantage of last week. Uh, but this is a great matchup for him either way. You know, let's hope that Sam Ellinger can keep his fantasy value and fantasy you know, upside alive. You know, I like the matchup. This is why I have him here. A little bit risky, but I'm okay putting him here. Um, I have Cortland Sutton at 18 with Russ back. Who would you rather play this week? Cortland Sutton or Michael Pittman? It, this is Jacksonville. You know, I, I think that I think that I would start Cortland Sutton. I, I think that okay. I, I would put it. Just because there's uncertainty surrounding Michael Pittman right now. He, it, yeah, he came off, was it last week was a good week for Michael Pittman. But, um, you know, that was with Matt Ryan. I want to see how Michael Pittman looks with Sam Ellinger at quarterback before I make any determinations. I think it's okay to have him ranked there. I think his ceiling, you know, the way he's been playing, the way the offense has been looking has is just a slight bit better than Denver. So I get why you have him at 17 um, and Cortland Sutton at 18. But I, I think Sutton, for me, is the play, especially against Jacksonville. Love it. Love it. I got, I got Amari Cooper at number 19 against Cincinnati. Um, Tyler Boyd at 20. I moved him up to a wide receiver too. Just again, temper expectations on him a little bit, you know, because Cleveland has given up the least fantasy points to slot wide receivers. I expect Joe Burrow to still target him. He's going to be in my lineup most likely. And is you know, but it's worth noting that they've been the best team covering the slot this year. Uh, Brandon Ayuk at 21, most likely without Debo. I'm expecting him to get a solid target share in this game. He already had 23% target share, 28% target share over the last two weeks. So it's looking good for him this week. And I have Gabe Davis at 22. Uh, he's like the upside play, you know, that you yeah. know you just kind of have to leave in your lineup, as we talked about before. Yeah, we've beat the Gabe Davis horse to death. <laughs> I mean, it is just, we, we've talked about him at length, and we talked about him, I said it at the beginning of the season, that we're going to have him here right at this low wide receiver two range, just because that's really the only way you can value him, because he has such high upside, but also such a low floor. Um, he's either... You know, winning you your your matchup or losing you your matchup, and we talk about that kind of player. Kind of, you know, that's the kind of player that you can't bench, even though your first instinct might tell you to bench him. I, I don't think you can bench him. I think twenty two is a good ranking. I think he could easily outperform that. Um, we're gonna just keep seeing Gabe Davis in this range. You know, obviously he wasn't here last week because the Bills were on by, but I, I've liked what I've seen more from Gabe Davis these past few weeks than I did at the beginning of the season. I think that he, if he can stay warm. You know, I might actually slide him up a little bit higher if we can stay on a hot streak. Let's see. Who else do I have here? Christian Kirk, I have a 24, but guess who I got at 23? A little bit of a surprise. Jacoby Myers coming out of nowhere. Great matchup out of the slot against the Jets this week. I have met 23. The Jets have given up the 10th most fantasy points to slot wide receivers this year. Uh, their strength on defense has been on the perimeter. That's why we liked Judy last week, and he won seven for 96. So I'm looking for a similar type of output from, from Jacoby Myers this week. Yeah, and you know, you look at Jacoby Myers' game log, and it looks pretty good. You know, he's actually been pretty good fantasy points per game-wise. He missed two games, so you're not going to see his overall point total being that high. You might have him 
think he's is he a wide receiver 36 or something like that or 38. You know, that's a little bit deceiving for what Jacoby Myers has been able to do. He's produced despite, you know, a little turnover at quarterback. Obviously, um, there's a little bit of drama there going on between Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones. But regardless of who's our quarterback, he's getting it done for you uh, week in and week out. He's a very good flex play. He could be a wide receiver two player for you each week if you need to, especially with these bye weeks still going on. But I, I like Jacoby Myers. I said he wasn't going – he might have been going undrafted in some in some cases, depending on leagues, you know, uh, how they shake out. But he was going undrafted, you know, this offseason. Now he's producing pretty well. I, I'm happy having him in my lineup, you know, moving forward. We got DJ Moore at 25. Uh, he's shown signs of life with P.J. Walker last week. Caught 7 yeah. of 10 targets for 69 yards and a touchdown. Has another good matchup this week against Atlanta. So I'm actually okay starting DJ Moore this week. Yeah, can you believe it? Right, not really. Who would have thought we'd be saying that? I'll take that back. Really? Why? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. hard. It's just hard to trust them, right? But it's a good matchup, yeah. and it seems like you know, PJ Walker is like pumping a little bit of life into DJ Moore now at this mm-hmm. point. PJ Walker can throw the ball, and I saw a report um, that Baker Mayfield's back. You know, he's healthy. He's going to be the backup. It's like, please keep him as far away from DJ Moore as you can. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because Oh, DJ Moore is—he's just suffering. He's going through it right now. I really hope he gets moved somewhere where he can, you know, have a decent quarterback. But until further notice, I, I mean, I'm all right with him now because, like we said, like he's really the only fantasy asset outside of now Deontay Foreman um, in the Panthers' offense. We got Terry McLaurin at 26. He was being forced the ball last week from Ty- Taylor Heineke, which is kind of what you want, right? It's better than the opposite. Okay. Yeah. Uh, George Pickens at 27. I got Curtis Samuel at at. 28 i have george pickens ahead of deontay johnson this week for the first time this year and at the end of the day pickens is the one scoring fantasy points okay 14 or more ppr fantasy points in three of the last four games a little bit of a tough matchup this week against james bradbury but deontay johnson will most likely see darius slay so both of them have tough matchups if both of them have tough matchups i'm just going to go with the guy who's been scoring more fantasy points and getting it done with the targets that he's getting um, even though Deontay Johnson is the one who's getting the targets, getting more targets than George Pickens. Yeah, you know, Kenny Pickett, I think he's he I think he enjoys not not enjoys, but I think he's happier targeting George Pickens more than Deontay Johnson at this point. I don't know if that has something to do with, you know, the youth movement going on in the Steelers offense right now. You know, they're both rookies and Deontay Johnson, you know, he's kind of he's very talented, but he's kind of like a piece that was left on the side and you know, a bunch of other players got moved out, you know, the Steelers, except Deontay Johnson. Like, all this, what keeps coming back to me is, you know, Deontay Johnson was the only receiver. I was a 2019 draft class. Yeah, that didn't really get a big bag, like, say, DK Metcalf or Terry McLaurin did. But Deontay Johnson, you know, he's getting it done, but it doesn't seem like the Steelers' offense is revolving around him as much anymore. It looks like they're going to give the reins to Kenny Pickett, and he's been targeting George Pickens. Um that's what it comes down to, to me, for me. I didn't think Jonathan Johnson was going to be very good in his offense regardless, you know, even with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback, and we've kind of seen that happen. Um, George Pickens has overtaken him. I, until further notice, I think George Pickens is the guy in Pittsburgh. Until they get a quarterback. Yeah. Well, I want to give Kenny Pickett a little I bit just, of time. I like, to, I like to press the buttons. Yeah. I, I give like to Kenny press Pickett the buttons. a little bit of time. <laughs> <laughs> this offense isn't that good, but I don't think you can put that on Kenny Pickett solely right now. You know, it's just overall, it's not, they're not performing well. So I have, I had Curtis Samuel at 28. Um, it's a bit of a tough matchup, but the usage was notable last week. He had eight targets and five carries. Uh, that's a Debo light 
type of role like right there. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't be playing him outside of PPR formats though, with his depth of target being so low most weeks. But you know, it was worth noting because when you get eight targets and five carries, your expected um expected fantasy points goes way up. Okay, and yeah. that's that's a really good start. So if you're wondering like what to do with Curtis Samuel, like most likely he should be in your lineup because of that type of uh that type of opportunity. I had Mark Andrews at number one. You can't blame me. Okay. Travis Kelsey no. is uh is is on by this week. Okay. Him and Patrick Mahomes and Juju, they're playing Call of Duty this week, right? Like Call of Duty <laughs> came out and, and Patrick Mahomes said, Hey man, that's what we're doing. Juju said that, hey, like the reason why we've been, you know, performing over the last couple of weeks on the field is because we had we have serious camaraderie on Call of Duty. And now Modern Warfare came out and now they're gonna do their thing on Modern Warfare this week. Expect them to come out of the bye ready. After being teammates off the field, uh, you know, within you know on 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 modern warfare and and on what is it called? What's the, is it what's Warzone? the Warzone? The battle royale yeah, on, yeah. on Warzone, exactly battle royale, exactly. So, you know, I digress. But Mark Andrews, you know, that didn't work out so well. You know, he can't like he had the injury coming in. He got, got another injury coming out, so not great for him. But Zach Ertz at number two in a good matchup against Minnesota. They've given up the six most fantasy points to tight ends this year. Dallas Goddard would normally be ahead of Earth for me, but his matchup is a little tough against Pittsburgh. But, you know, still starting him, obviously. Yeah. What do you think of George Kittle, man? I have him here at four. He's looking a lot more like himself lately, right? And with Debo yeah. out, he might see some extra tar- targets. The Rams have been a little bit tough against tight, end, against tight ends for the most part. But what have you seen from George Kittle, and are you encouraged? I'm 100% encouraged because what we were seeing at the beginning of the season from George Kittle, um, obviously he missed a couple games already, but what we saw in those games where he came back was not good fantasy production. He looked like just another tight end, you know, just in this pool of tight ends where people are just streaming him, dropping him, picking him up. That's what it looked like. Now George Kittle separating himself. And I think I'm, you know, warming up to the idea that he's going to be back in this upper echelon. And by upper, upper echelon, I mean the top five, you know, the five startable tight ends. I think he's going to find a home there. Um, I, I would think be we have another one, though. I think we have more. All right. I think we have more. Right, anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, it's fine. I, I'm interested <laughs> to see you say that it is. But, you know, he, right now we have him on the lower end of that five startable tight ends. I wouldn't be surprised if he climbs, you know, all the way up to three or you know, yeah. even even up with Travis Kelsey. I think that's, you know, within um, his range of outcomes because we've seen, you know, he's he's done it before with Jimmy Garoppolo, a quarterback, and the offense looks very similar. Um, not much has changed for him. I, I think he'll get back to being a star tight end, you know, like we're used yeah. to. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. He, he's he's a joy to watch. And he's yeah. one of the most likable players in the league. I want him to I want him to do well. Um, yeah. I have Tyler Higby here at number five. Um, the last time he went up against San Francisco, uh, he how many targets did he get? He had 14 targets the last time he went up against San Francisco. I don't yeah. know if he's gonna get the same thing this week, but you know, he's been one of the, he's been a guy who's been getting a ton of targets. Uh, before the bye, he was a little bit banged up, so he didn't get his full workload, but he's been practicing in full this week. He should be just fine. Pat Frymuth, he came back, and if you remember, he was a guy that we talked about that you could potentially buy low on while he was banged up. Uh, you know, with that concussion, if you needed a tight end. And he came through last week, nine targets, eight catches, 75 yards. And I think he could potentially be one of those guys who you're starting every single week. And he was that guy, you know, early on in the season, but he got a little bit banged up. He had the concussion. It wasn't great. And then the court, all the quarterback issues that, that was going on. But now that they have some stability, now that Kenny Pickett is targeting Fryer Booth, and 
that second half, when when Kenny Pickett first came in, he was targeting Frymuth at a pretty high rate. So yeah, another another little piece of that sample size there. Um, so Frymuth is somebody that you know could enter this like conversation of an every week tight end. So if you add Travis Kelsey into this mix here, he's on by right now. We have seven tight ends: Mark Andrews, Zach Ertz, Travis Kelsey, Goddard, Kittle, Higby, Frymuth, who you're starting every single week. I'm yeah. leaving TJ Hawkinson out of that right now. Okay. Cause like he's been super up and down. He had that one big game and that's really about it. His, his production otherwise has really been one of a streaming tight end. Yeah. Right. And that one game was like without all of his weapons in that dream matchup against the Seahawks. Right. Yeah. Then you have Darren Waller who I have at eight here. Right. It seems like he's playing this week, but who knows? Got in a limited practice on Wednesday and Thursday. Um, you know, he's, he's a guy that like, can you trust him? Like, obviously, if he's playing, you're probably playing him because you drafted him to be your main tight end. But mm-hmm. it's been really iffy with Darren Waller as well this year. Yeah. I think the problem for Darren Waller is Devontae Adams. And, you know, yeah. and Matt Collins, you know, that one game. <laughs> <laughs> the problem. Can, like, listen, Matt thing... Collins is continuing to be a nuisance, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Well, to both Devontae Adams and Darren Waller. But the other yeah. thing you know, especially these past three weeks that's capping all the Raiders receivers, regardless of whether you're a receiver or a tight end, is Josh Jacobs, you know, just going bananas. You know, they're obviously running the offense through him. He's getting majority of the touches. You know, if you're not scoring touchdowns in this offense, what are you doing? You know, you're not producing enough to be fantasy relevant at this point because unless you score a touchdown through the air, you know, Darren Waller or Devontae Adams, not that Devontae Adams won't produce anyway, but the touchdowns are now funneling to Josh Jacobs. So the touchdown distribu- distribution again, across all the players in this offense is much tighter. So unless you're scoring, you're probably not doing very well. Darren Waller, has he scored a touchdown yet this year? He scored one. I think that was pretty early in the year. No, so he, he hasn't been available either. It's not helping him. So it's going to prevent him from having enjoying continuity in the offense, you know, finding a role. He's not going to be able to dig in and get a nice you know role in the offense. I, I think that the days of trusting Darren Waller at tight end are over, at least for me. Oh, man, that's tough. Taysom Hill, I have him here at number nine just because, like, he's a shot at, at uh, upside, right? Like, yeah. and by the way, if the Saints do end up trading Alvin Kamara, you you have to think that Taysom Hill might be more involved if that does happen. So just, oh, yeah. just keep that in mind. With Taysom Hill, I just think it's funny. I just want to note this, you know. You know, with Alvin Kamara being out. Every time they take Alvin Kamara off the field and then they put Taysom Hill at quarterback, like, it's QB power. That's the play. And he still runs he just blows past guys on defense. Like they're not even expecting it. Like <laughs> it makes no sense to me. They're telegraphing. It. It's like, okay, Taysom Hill's at quarterback and he's the only guy in the backfield. I wonder if they're going to run it to him. Like, of course they're going to run it to him and they still don't defend him. You know, Taysom Hill, if you're, if you're lucky enough, say you had, you know, somebody like Darren Waller, you drafted Darren Waller and you were expecting him to be the producer for you. I, I'm starting Taysom Hill over day, Darren Waller at this point. I hear that. Just yeah, because I was going to ask you that question because it seemed like you were done with Darren Waller. So I feel like at this point yeah. you're starting Taysom Hill. E- even over TJ Hawkinson, you know, like I know we have him ranked a little bit higher. You know, obviously yeah. their volume in the passing game might be more, but Taysom Hill, you know, he has, he's like I said, the Gabe Davis at tight ends. So <laughs> it's either you're all the way down at like no production whatsoever or you're scoring four total touchdowns. You know what I'm saying? I, I think Taysom Hill, he's that kind of player where if you're not, if you don't have your hands on one of those top guys that we mentioned, you know, I have no problem starting Taysom Hill each week. All right. I, li- I like it. I like it. All right. Robert's Hunting at 10. We have Dalton Schultz at 11. Uh, Irv Smith. Is it just me, Zach? Or is like every time Dalton Schultz makes a catch, like he needs help 
like to get up getting up oh no it's not just you and this is the thing and this is going to be the cowboys fan of me coming out but he has reduced himself he's been reduced to the jason witten role if you remember watching jason witten play it's literally just <laughs> catch it and sit down like he doesn't he doesn't have any after the catch ability anymore it's gone that's that's it's it's crazy, man. Because like he needs help to get up. Like it's cra- like every time he needs help to get, I would assume that he's going off the field, but he just goes right back into the huddle. Yeah, <laughs> like what is <laughs> he happening? hobbles away, and he's instead of it looks like he's going towards the sideline, and then Dak's like, "Hey, you're not done. Get back in right. here." He comes back. Seriously, in. that's literally how it went last week. He's like, "You're gonna go turn like, around, do an eight yard curl." <laughs> he still passes to him. See, well, meanwhile, CD Lamb is like running crisp routes and can't get the ball. All right, anyway. Yeah. Uh, Irv Smith in a great matchup against Arizona. Uh, I have him here. Feel free to start Irv Smith over any of the like the past like three or four tight ends we just mentioned. Uh, mm-hmm. Juwan Johnson scored two touchdowns against... Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. Juwan Johnson scored two touchdowns against Arizona last week, right? Uh, so mm-hmm. feel free to take advantage of that sweet, sweet matchup. Uh, Evan Ingram, I have him at 13. He's been pretty solid, has a, had a solid floor over the past couple of weeks. Uh, Hayden Hurst at 14. Followed by Greg Dulcich, 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 I think. Yeah. Um, Is it Dulcich or Dulcich? I think it's Dulcich. I think it's Dulcich. That rolls off the tongue a little bit better. Dulcich. It doesn't roll off the tongue well at all. Like, it doesn't even matter how you say it. Is that, is it like, (laughs) do you ever look at fantasy players and think, can that be a household name? Is this somebody that we're going to be, Dulcich? I I, I used to say Dulcich, but it's not Dulcich. Right. It's Dulcich. Yeah, but right. like I've looked at players, I'm like, is this is this going to be a household name? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know? think so. No, no matter how good he is, no one's yeah. going to want to say his name. Mm-hmm. I had Kate Otten at 16. Um, the, I guess that works out. Um, <laughs> Taysom Hill is showing up at number 17 again. Yeah. Oh man, he's showing up everywhere. I love it. Uh, yeah, no, that's supposed to be Jawan Johnson. That's supposed to be Jawan Johnson. Jawan Johnson. Yeah. At number 17, Kyle Pitts at 18, and yes, I'm playing all these guys. Over Kyle Pitts? I have At this point, you have to. At this okay. point, you have to. Dawson Knox is where I draw the line. I have him at 19. <laughs> <laughs> and then Harrison Bryant will be taking over for David Njoku's role. Uh, I have him at 20. Feel free to start Harrison Bryant over Kyle Pitts also. The thing about Kyle Pitts is suddenly he's touchdown dependent on an offense that doesn't throw touchdowns. You know, it's like, ugh. It's disgusting. <laughs> Pretty like, much. His fall it's has been unceremonious. Time. He's about to fall out of the top 20. You know, he better get something going. Otherwise, he's going to be falling out. The funny thing that I keep, you know, looking at with these, and we say you could start, be free, feel free to start Irv Smith over any of the three titles we just mentioned. Feel free to start Harrison Bryant over Kyle Pitts. All of these rankings outside the top six or seven, it's just fluid. You know, so fluid. it's the top six or seven and then streamers. You might as yeah. well have like week eight tight end rankings that goes to seven and then just the streamers. <laughs> that's all. all right, that's what, officially, that's what we're going to do next week. Yeah. We're going to have the t- we're going to have a top 10 and then and we're going to have then the second slide is just going to be like a handful of streamers that we like for that week. Yeah. That sounds like a great idea, Zach. That's Love that's it. what it's becoming at this point. Um if I were you guys, if you're in a dynasty league, I would just grab as many shares of Kyle Pitts as possible right now. Like yeah. you cannot buy anybody lower in dynasty. I'm not worried about Kyle Pitts at all. Like I like I am for this season in redraft. Chances are Arthur Smith might not be coaching. Who knows? I mean, they're, they're doing all right this year. But, like, mm-hmm. if you're not going to pass the ball when you're down by, like, three touchdowns, there's a problem. Okay? Yeah. 
Um, it I don't think Marcus well Mariota is the problem. I don't think Marcus Mariota is the problem. Yeah, and he probably won't be the quarterback next year either. So yeah. I think, you know, buy Kyle Pitts and Dynasty as much as you can, as many shares yeah. as you can. Just do it. And he, his price will never be lower. And as good as the Falcons have looked, you know, this season, you know, this is like they're overperforming. Remember yes. that this was supposed to be, you know, bottom of the barrel type team. And I think they've surprised a lot of people the way they've been playing. They've been much more consistent, I think, than we thought they would be. But, you know, even though it looks like, you know, maybe Arthur Smith will get more time coaching, you know, maybe. Atlanta. Maybe Marcus Mario will be there. No, there's going to be plenty of turnover after the season. I mean, you I know, think so. are, the, are the Falcons, are the Falcons, the, um, are they leading the division right now? Like it's a, ter- it, it, I horrific, think they are. perfectly bad division down there right now. I think they said that they're either tied or they have the lead. So you, you can only hope that a playoff berth doesn't happen by accident, you know, <laughs> but I think that at, like at that point, you know, I, I think everyone around the league understands that, you know, that Falcons aren't as good as maybe they're standing within their division is. There's only one way to end the podcast. And that's by talking about Kyle Pitts as being ranked as the tight end 18 on the week. Thank you guys. Have a great weekend. Um, love talking to you guys. Thank you, everyone who joined live. Thanks to everyone who listened to the podcast. Again, if you can rate and review the podcast, more importantly, if you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, that would mean the world to us. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you guys on Monday with the Week 8 Review. Enjoy football. Good luck in your leagues this week. See you later. Bye-bye.